pray with me. God, today, we just take a second, we slow down, we say, hey, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to still be here. God, the fact that we woke up this morning reminds us that somehow, some way in the midst of the storms of our life, the things that we don't understand that we can't grasp or intellectualize, that somehow, some way you have a plan. And so we choose to believe that you're working in the middle of our messes, in the middle of our questions, in the middle of our anxieties, in the midst of the storms that we're up against or going through. And God, we just ask for your help. God, I ask today that you would go beyond even the words that I articulate. You go straight to the heart of every single individual in this space. God, we don't want just another church service. We don't want just something out of religious duty. We need heaven's help in our life. Would you give it to us today? We ask for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to look in the book of Judges today. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And as you're um, finding that passage of Scripture, I want to give you just a little bit of context. In the Bible, if you've ever read throughout the Bible, you'll kind of see like a reoccurring theme of God trying to save and reconcile His people. Uh, specifically, the Israelites. These are like God's people. He has a, a heart for them. And some of the craziest stories that you'll read in the Bible are about God delivering the Israelites, who are his people, out of bondage, out of slavery. The Israelites, though, happen to, they're, they're like problem children. I don't know if you ever had like a problem child, like the one that just always seems to like kind of drift. These, these are the Israelites. God, God delivers them. He gives them freedom. And somehow, some way, they always end up going back and doing things their way, even after great majestic miracles that would absolutely blow your mind. They've been delivered by God, and yet they still find themselves worshiping other gods. And the crazy thing about God is no matter how far his children, the Israelites, stray, he still fights to get them to walk in freedom. He, he has this passion, passion to see them live the life that they were put on the face of the planet uh, to live. The Israelites in this uh, text have found themselves once again in a position of bondage. They've started worshiping other gods, and because of it, it's kind of just brought destruction into their lives to the point where this is what's happening. Every single year, they're working hard to provide and plant crops, and every single year when it comes to harvest time, there's this group of people called the Midianites that actually come in, and for the past seven years, they've stolen all of the Israelites' crops. So the Israelites begin to get frustrated and learn to just start coping with this is the way that life is. This is the way that life is going to be. God obviously doesn't care about us or our situation. He's delivered us once before, but we find ourselves yet here again. So they start actually coping. The Bible says that God comes to this guy, though, that his name was, his name was Gideon. And when we pick up this story, Gideon is actually in a wine press. The Bible said he's threshing wheat. Well, you don't thresh wheat in, the, in a wine press. If you kind of read within the narrative, you understand that, that what, what, what Gideon is doing is actually a coping me mechanism. What he's trying to do is he's actually trying to hide all of his harvest, hide all the wheat. So when the Midianites come, they won't be able to find it and he'll be able to survive. He's trying to get through. And this is where we uh, pick up this text in, in Judges chapter 6. Okay, so Gideon is trying to, to just survive to protect his, 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 his wheat, the fruits of his labor. And this is what it says in verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said this to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? I mean, think about this. Seven years, people stealing everything that they've worked for. He says, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord, he's abandoned us and he's given us to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and he said to Gideon, go in the strength that you do have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. 
Am I not sending you? Excuse me, God. Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered and said, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, would you give me a sign? As the narrative of the text continues, Gideon goes through, I don't know if you've ever done this in your life, like, God, if this is you, I need a little bit of proof. Like, you ever said, like, God, if this is you, would you please just make this happen? And if you make this happen, then I'll know that it's you and I'll trust. This is what he, do, this is what he does before God. God, if this is really you speaking to me, because this certainly doesn't make sense given the situation and the things that I'm up against. God, if this is really you talking to me, would you, would you prove yourself? Would you show me so that I know without a shadow of a doubt, so that I know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure that this is you? And it's crazy as you read the text, this is exactly what God does. God proves that, that it's him, that, hey, I'm talking to you, that as much as you guys have strayed, I'm passionate about seeing you live a free life. So Gideon says, okay. So Gideon actually goes out and uh, he, he, he trashes the, the idol, the God that they had been worshiping. Everybody gets mad at him. And he stands up almost as a heroic character and says, Hey, I think that we can be free. We don't need to be victims to these, these Midianites that are coming and taking our food year after year after year. You've seen these type of heroic movie, movies. I can picture he's like, who's with me? And like all the guys are like, Rah! and the Bible says that there were, there were over 33,000 people that decided that they were going to go to war. Now, this is already a problem because the Midianites are a clan of over 100,000 people. Okay, so 33,000 men step up to the plate to say, yeah, let's go down swinging. Let's not be victims to circumstance anymore. Let's do something with our lives to actually make a difference and take our power back. Well, God didn't want it to go to their head that if somehow they won this battle, that it was because they had 33,000 guys. So they go through this whole process within the text where God makes them go from 33,000 guys that volunteered to fight all the way down to 300 soldiers. So picture this. God calls Gideon. God, are you sure this is you? It's me. So he steps out. Things start working. God says, that's too many people. I don't want you to trust in your numbers. I want you to trust in me. He scales it down to 300 people. So they're still committed to going up against these people that have been stealing all of their things, all of their crops. God wakes them up in the middle of the night and says, it's time to go to war. This is where we pick up. If we look in Judges chapter 7, we're going to look just the next chapter. Judges 7, verse 15. God has spoke to Gideon. And so Gideon goes to his men and he says this, get up because the Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. The Bible says dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars. Think about this, not swords and guns or artillery or weapons, trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do as exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they have changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The Bible says the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. The Bible says while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites then ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord then caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. An army of 300 men took on over 100,000 men. Growing up, I was always into like animals. I think that like when I look at like animals and like, I don't know, like 
nature to me. Like I just see God. Like if you're an atheist, just watch the animal planet. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's something about like, like watching how creation works. And it's like, I get so confused about people that like, I think just the big bang happened. Okay, brother, do you understand that there are, there are caterpillars that fake like they're dead so that ants will come and take them to take them back to their colony. And then the caterpillars put out this fragrance that makes the ants think that it's their baby so that the ants feed the caterpillars above their babies. So the caterpillar gets so big that it actually turns into a cocoon. So it can become a butterfly. And you think that a big bang did that, man, if anything makes me believe in God, I'm telling you it's animal planet. So I've always been, I've always been into that kind of stuff. And I remember, um, I remember hearing about elephants that are, are, are domesticated. And, and as the story goes, elephants, when they're, when, when they're trying to domesticate elephants, what they'll do is, uh, when the elephant is really small, they'll, they'll take a rope and, and, and they'll tie a rope around one of the feet of the elephant. And then they'll take the rope and they'll kind of string it out. And then they'll take a stake and they'll drive this stake deep into the ground. And so what will happen is when the elephant is small, every time the elephant tries to go and tries to move, he's held back by the power of the rope and the stake. As as the story goes, it doesn't take very long, a couple months, and that elephant starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to where its strength has the power to not just break the rope, but to crush any one of us that are alive in in this building. But they say that you don't even have to drive the stake into the ground when the elephant gets big. All you have to do is tie a rope around his foot, and the elephant will never leave that place. Even though he is free, he doesn't know it. I think sometimes in our life, we live like those elephants. We have experienced freedom in God, and we know that God wants us to live a free life. But I think we choose a life that is substandard to the freedom that God has promised us. Fully free, fully capable of, what am I getting at? Living the life that you've always wanted to live, but you don't because you think that you're bound. It's funny because there's passages of scripture that kind of make me think, and it's like, what it, why, why does the Bible say this? The Bible says things like, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. To me, that's like one of those statements that's like, no duh. Like, there's nothing that frustrates me more than people that state the obvious, right? Like, I'm going to the gym to work out. Oh, I thought you were going there to have lunch. Like, you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to add that. I know that's why you're going. Like, people that I'm going, I got to go to the store to buy some things. No duh. That's what you do at stores. That's just a little side soapbox. But to me, to me, that's like what this scripture is. It was, it was for freedom that he has set us free. Duh. Isn't that, isn't that what, what freedom is? Of course it was for freedom that he he set us free. Why does he say it was for freedom that he set us free? Because there's this tendency in life to live bound, even though God has promised you freedom. Wait, what's so bizarre to me? You look back on the evil days of slavery, where, where, where humanity started to, to class people based upon the color of their skin and, and said that certain people were going to be slaves and not. And you, you think about that system and you think about when it broke. Did you know as the story goes and as you kind of look into history, there were slaves that, that, that slavery had already been outlawed, but there were, there were crooked, evil slave owners that actually kept their slaves working. The slaves were free, but didn't know it. So they lived like slaves. I'm here to tell somebody today, 
I believe that God is calling us to a new life of freedom, that it was for freedom that he has set us free, that whom the son sets free is free indeed. And sometimes when we think about freedom, we think, yeah, Nick, but, but I'm already free because we contextualize freedom within our understanding of religion and spirituality. And we think that bondage is just my behavioral issues and my secrets and my, my lack of morality. But bondage is so much more than that. You know what bondage is in your life? Bondage is that thing that keeps you from living the life that you want to be living. Do you have anything that's in between where you're at and where you want to be? You know what that's called? That's called bondage. And the Bible lays it out before us that, that Jesus has granted us freedom. Meaning, if he's granted us freedom, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the kind of casual Christian that just learns to cope with my situation and figures out that, oh, it was like this year after year after year, and I guess it's always going to be like this. If God has put me on this earth to thrive, then I don't want to live my life surviving. I don't want to be coping. I want to step into my calling. I want to be everything that God has placed me on this planet to be. If freedom is possible, don't you want to live it? Don't you want to experience it, if it's possible to remove those roadblocks in between where you're at and where you want to be. And God said that 2000 years ago on a cross, when Jesus said it is finished, that it's done and I am free, then don't you want to live in that freedom that was paid for, for you? But here's, here's, here's almost the challenge of freedom. Well, freedom has a price that has always already been paid. Freedom also has a process. Which means I, I have to walk out my, my freedom. I have to embrace my freedom. I have to own my freedom. I have to do things in my life that actually enable me to live a free life. The Bible talks about this when it talks about salvation. When you place your faith in Christ, you're saved. You're, you're saved from hell and eternal damnation and all this kind of stuff. But the Bible says that you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mean, meaning you are a work in progress. God, freedom has been given to you, but you have to possess it. I think so much of our life we find ourselves just like Gideon. Gideon was a man who had learned to cope. Someone who, and this is what's fascinating to me, not just someone who had learned to cope, but someone who had got creative in his coping. <laughs> like, I'm going to go get my wheat, and I, here's what I'm going to do. I got an idea. What I'll do is I'll hide my wheat inside of a wine press. It's funny the extents will go to cope. And how we'll learn to accept it in our world and our society. I'm one of the biggest proponents of you need to be real about where you're at and what you're going through. I think we need to be honest about the anxiety and things that we're fighting. And I think that we need to talk more and express our situation. But just because we can express our situation, I don't believe for a second that we should stay there. I don't believe that we should have to cope with anxiety. I don't believe that we should just have to live with depression. I don't believe that this is going to be like this from here until eternity. I believe that we should be able to push our life forward to overcome things that we're up against, to eliminate the things that are keeping us in bondage so that we can ultimately walk in freedom to not just become creative as it pertains to our coping, but actually conquer the things that are causing us to cope so that we can walk into our calling. Who am I talking to this morning? I believe it's time to rise above the things that are keeping us down. So this morning, I want you to think about the things that are between where you're at and where you want to be. Because when I talk about freedom, I want you to think about so much more than your addictive behaviors. I want you to think about the things that are holding you captive, that are keeping you from the life that not only God wants for you, but I believe the life that you want for yourself. Freedom has a price, but it also has a process. 
If you're going to get to this place of freedom in your life, you've got to be willing to walk it out. That journey starts here. Here's where the journey starts. Take a note. Write this down. If you're going to find freedom in your life, you're going to have to go through the place where I wrestle. The, 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 the place where I wrestle. If I'm going to search for freedom in my life to eradicate bondage, the thing that stands between me and the life that I'm desiring, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to journey through the place where I wrestle. I think in life, a lot of times we diminish and, 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 and try to excuse and try to overlook the fact that most of us are wrestling. Wrestling with what? It Could this be? There's no way that this could work out. There's no way that this could happen. Do I really believe in this God stuff? God comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, I'm going to use you to, to I'm going to use you to bring salvation to your people. And Gideon responds, excuse me, God. This, this doesn't make sense based upon my, 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 my situation. He immediately goes into a wrestling. You ever been in this position where I feel like God is calling me to something, but maybe it's not God. Maybe it's just me. God, is it really you speaking to my heart? Is it really you pushing me to push people out of my life that have been in my life for a whole long time? Is it really you ca- causing me to say that I could, I could step out and venture into new, a, a new vocational life that seems so far out and it's really going to take God. I, I have to enter into this place place of wrestling. And one of the first things that I wrestle with, one of the first things that I wrestle with is with my wisdom because nothing will keep you more bound than what you know or what you, or what you think, you know, if God was good, why doesn't he do something about it? If God was good, why doesn't he rescue me? Like all the stories of the people that I've heard, if he could do miracles for other people, how come God isn't doing miracles for me? I've heard the success stories. Where's mine? Where's my money? Where's my things? Where's my breakthrough? Where's restoration in my marriage? Where's restoration as it pertains to my reputation? If the God of then could do it, how come he's not doing what am I talking about? I'm talking about wrestling with my wisdom. It doesn't make sense. I'm here to tell you, if you want freedom, you got to be willing to wrestle. You know why? Because wrestling will always lead you to the end of you. Because at some point you realize I'm not going to understand everything. I'm not going to be able to intellectualize everything. God, you're calling me. Where have you been? Yes, I'm calling you. When you wrestle, see, there's something about God that likes to wrestle. Because he knows at the end of the wrestling match, you're forced to be pinned by all of his goodness and his faithfulness and mercy. And you can't stand on your own merit or your own intellectualism. You have to trust in something that's bigger than yourself. What am I talking about this morning? Connect the dots. I'm talking about your journey to freedom. If you're going to remove the roadblocks, you have to be willing to ask the tough questions. You have to be willing to confront your doubts, to confront your concerns, to stop acting like everything's good and pretty and it's all just roses and it's all just positivity. you got to get down in the weeds of God, I don't understand. God, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. So ultimately, God can wrestle with you and show you that just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean that it's not real and doesn't mean that he hasn't called you and doesn't mean that he doesn't have a purpose for you. The place where I wrestle, the place where I wrestle, I, I, I wrestle with my wisdom, but I don't just wrestle with my wisdom. You know what else I wrestle with? I wrestle with, I wrestle with my worth because <laughs> nothing will keep me bound like the way that I see myself. Gideon, you, <laughs> you're a mighty warrior. Psych. I'm, I'm here. I'm here just trying. I'm God. I'm not no mighty warrior. I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm not even where I, I'm not even where I want to be. 
When you look at the status system of our society, God, you're, you're calling me to do what? You're calling me to live a free life. You're telling me that my marriage can get better and my finances can get better and I can achieve my dreams and become things that you have placed me on this planet. Do you, do you know who you're dealing with here? Sometimes you've got to wrestle with your worth. To the point that you realize it is not your accolades and your hustle and everything that you're doing and dotting all of your I's and crossing all of your T's and what family you came from and what connections you have. I know you like to believe that, but sometimes you have to wrestle with the fact that your worth can't get you to the place that you want to be. And when you start to wrestle with your worth, you realize that you realize that you are not the one that makes you worthy, that it is God who has justified you way long ago before the foundations of the earth when he planned to send his son Jesus so that you could be reconciled unto God. God, not based upon your perfection, but based upon his purpose that he planned and and predestined. What am I talking about? Freedom, the place where I wrestle. But I don't just wrestle with my wisdom and I don't just wrestle with my work. I also wrestle with my welfare, what I have. Because a lot of times in life, we think that we can achieve freedom. Maybe if it's not by, by, by my good looks or my intellect or my or my talents, or maybe it's not by how I see myself, but maybe it's what I have. Maybe I can buy myself out of this one. It's funny because he says, Gideon, you're called. He says, I come, <laughs> the, the place that I come from is small, and I'm, I'm the least of everybody. Sometimes in life, all the time in life, if you're going to walk down the journey that leads to freedom, you're going to have to wrestle with some things. Because at the end of the wrestling, man, I hope that you never lose your wrestle. I hope that you never lose your fight. I hope you never throw in the towel and start ignoring tough questions just because you don't understand. And just because you don't think that you're worthy. And just because you don't, you think you don't have what it takes. For the people in this place that you feel God calling you to a new level and you say to yourself, but I don't have nothing. Somehow, some way, God thinks all you have is all you need. So I dare you to trust him in the midst of a season that seems sparse. It may seem like you may not have a lot of money or friends or influence or fame, but God says it's all you need to get to the place that he has called you, which ultimately is freedom. Freedom has a price, but it also has a process. I got to go. I got to go through the place where, where, where I wrestle, where I toil, where I go back and forth. I just, God, I'm, I almost feel like it's a struggle, but really what it's doing <laughs> Really what it's doing is it's bringing me to the end of me. This, this is what the wrestle is about. And we, we hate the concept, well, you're going to struggle, struggle. No, no, no. You're, not, you're, you're, really, you're, really, you're really not wrestling with just like worldly dynamics. You're wrestling with God. <laughs> God is in this, it's this position of, are you going to do it or I'm going to do it? Are you going to do it or I'm going to do it? And if you never come to terms with the fact that you can't do it on your own, you can never experience the freedom in life that you're wanting to experience. The place where I wrestle. The place where I wrestle is just the beginning of the journey because it ultimately leads me to somewhere. I don't just wrestle for the sake of wrestling. It's I got to go through the place where I wrestle so I can ultimately get to the place where I work. What am I talking about? The, 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 the place where I fight, the place where, where, where I engage. But if I don't go through the place where I wrestle, where I realize, this is what's crazy about it. So you're telling me I go through the place where I wrestle to realize that I can't do it on my own, to get to the place where I work, although I just established that I can't do it on my own. I think a lot of times it becomes confusing because in life or in the Bible, it'll say things like, uh, you ever read this? It says like, fight the good fight of faith. 
Right? Like, fight the good fight of faith. Well, then you flip the page, a couple pages, and it says things like, but the battle belongs to the Lord. What? Fight the good fight of faith. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get it. The battle belongs to the Lord. Well, then why the heck am I fighting the good fight of faith? If the, if the battle belongs to the Lord, then, then why do I have to fight? And a lot of times we contextualizing, we contextualize our fighting as, as what I do determines the outcome. But when it comes to your work, it's really not what you do that determines the outcome. It's the work that you put in ultimately sets you up for God to determine the outcome. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. Although he already knows the destination that he's leading you to, he still wants you to work. But your work is not a work of your, of your flesh. It's the work of your faith. Are you hearing me this morning? It's not a work of your flesh. What am I talking about? I'm not talking about let's hustle and let's make connections and make sure I post every day for seven days and make sure I get my, myself out there and make sure I, I attend all the meetings and make sure I shake. It's, it's not just by the work of your, of your hands. It's not a work of the flesh. It's a work of faith. And sometimes this is the hardest fight that you will ever fight because a fight of faith is a fight to say in the midst of what I don't understand, I trust you. This is why I have to wrestle so that when I work, I work the right way. It's not based upon what I can hustle and make happen. It's based upon trusting him when it doesn't seem like anything's happening. This is fighting. The, if, if, what am I? Remember the context of what we're talking about. Finding freedom in your life. Do you have bond? Do you have things in your life that are keeping you from the place that you want to be? You're going to have to go through the place where you wrestle so you can get to the place where you work. But the way that you work is not always the way that you want to work. <laughs> It would be easier if God, I could just dot my eyes and cross my T's and everything. Had, but instead, you want me to trust you. You think about this. If I'm, if, if I'm taking 300 boys, which already sounds silly. If I'm taking 300 boys and we're going up against an army over 100,000, we're at least going in the night silent with swords. Like that's what we're doing. And yet God tells them to take trumpets and torches. Sometimes the journey of faith, man, sometimes it's so difficult because it seems so silly. When you want to get your hands in there, I can fix it. I can fix my marriage. I can fix it. If I could just get, pick up some extra work, we can fix this problem. And sometimes God just wants you to say, do you, did you, did we wrestle or did we not wrestle? Did you come to the end of yourself or did you not come to the end of yourself? And if you came to the end of yourself, it's time to work. But the work is not the way that you want to work. You got to work with your hands in the air, surrendered unto God, trusting him that God, you work on my behalf. I will trust you when it doesn't make sense. I'll keep working hard, even when it doesn't seem like I'm progressing and I'm not seeing the fruit of the promises like I want them to see. I'm not going to be moved or swayed by that I'm going to keep working but my work is not a work of my flesh it's a work of my faith to, to believe and, and, and to trust God I mean think about this what, what, what is God calling you to do and what are the things that you have forfeited or turned your back on because man it just didn't seem like it was working those are the places that you got to put in the work what am I talking when it doesn't seem like it's working that's where you work hear me again when it doesn't seem like it's working that's where you work what is my work my work is to trust to trust what is trusting I don't know all the answers but I'm okay I trust to believe <laughs> that, think about this. God was chasing the Israelites when the Israelites were worshiping other gods. How good is God? 
that even when we turn our back on him, even when we find, start finding our, or we, we think that success is where it's at, or fame is where it's at, we start hustling for the wrong reasons, that God is still somehow, some way chasing us, somehow pursuing us, somehow trying to create a way for us to find freedom in our lives. If we'll do what? If we'll just, if we'll just turn around and trust him in the midst of situations that you cannot understand. If you're going to find freedom in your life, you've got to go through the place where you wrestle so that you can journey through the place that you work. But the place that you work is not just ending there, it's leading you beyond that, from the place where you work to the place where you wait. Think about this story and how, <laughs> how overwhelming it would have been from the start to be Gideon. <laughs> we, find, we find comfort in our coping, guys. Like, I don't know if, you, if you've realized this, but when, when, you learn, when you learn to cope, you become comfortable. Right? Don't know. You can change. You don't have to, you don't have to be that way. Like, I think about diet or I think about people that have, you know, you, you can actually change it. I'm, I don't, I don't want to have to learn that. I don't, I don't do that. I, we become comfortable in, in, in our coping. I, we say things like, I found what works, what works for me. But God has called us to live beyond are coping. And when we start to trust him in the midst of things that we don't understand, I could only imagine what, what this journey would have been like for Gideon. He's just coping and God calls him out. Hey, you, me? Yeah, you. You can, <laughs> this is kind of what's happening today. You, you can be free. What? From what? Well, what's keeping you from the life that you want? Well, I, I can't sleep at night. I'm anxious. I, I'm afraid. I'm terrified. Terrified of death. I'm terrified of lack of success. What, what, what's keeping you from the life that you want? Hey, get in. You can, you can be free. Well, my marriage, man, it wears me down. I, we take two steps forward, only take five steps back. My, <laughs> my vocational life. It seems like every time I get a break, you, you, you can be free. Who, who me? I, I've, but do you realize how many years we've tried to produce our own crops and how many years we've been? Yeah, but it's, but it's a new day. You, 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 you can be free, Gideon. Are, are you sure? Could you think about, could you just, I, I know it's a Bible story, but for a second, could you, could, could you just go down that road with me and think what that would be like? Are you, are you sure, God? What am I talking about? The, the, the wrestling. Are you sure, God? Yeah, I'm sure. You got the wrong guy. I don't got the wrong guy. Well, prove it. Okay, I'll prove it. Okay, guess you got the wrong, you got the right guy. So he starts, starts working and it seems like it's, Seems like it's starting to work. Okay, here we go. And God says, okay, you have too many people. We need, we got to keep, we got to keep this risk factor involved. I'm going to bring you down to 300 men in there. And then God tells them, I want you to go up against these people with trumpets and torches. He doesn't tell them what the outcome's going to be. Could you imagine what this, what this had to be like? Like you're pumped. Woo! Here we go. Let's go. God, okay. He said, what? It's time to wake up. It's time to go get him. Okay. We've been waiting for our moment. Man, freedom. Like you see like the movies, like Braveheart, right? Like we're thinking like freedom. Like we're, it's coming. But what do you, what do you got? You got your swords? You got your weapons? No, no, we got torches and we got, we got trumpets. You got what? You got torches and we, we, we got, we got trumpets. You, are you stupid? You got what? You're going, you're going to fight over a hundred thousand men with, 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 with torches, with, with trumpets. Could you imagine as they're so high and they get ready? He says, okay, blow the trumpet. They blow their trumpet and they take their torch and they're like, yeah. And then what? Could you, could you imagine what that moment felt like when it was like, ha, 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 ha. what now, bro? 
What now, bro? As you see the enemy army start stirring and they start getting up. Oh, God, we made a bad decision here because sometimes trusting God, it feels like this. This is why you have to move beyond the place where you work to the place where you wait. And waiting is not always easy. Sometimes waiting is the hardest part of the game. Why? Because I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know how it's going to turn out. God, it would have been nice if you would have told me when we do this, they're all going to turn on each other. But no, no, God wants your trust all wrapped up in him. So he's not going to tell you how it's going to work out. He's just going to ask you to trust that if you do what he has told you to do, it will always work out. How can I give when I don't have enough money and somehow God's going to take care of me? It's the same issue of blowing trumpets and lighting torches. Sometimes in life, you have to give to get the thing that God is wanting to get to you. And most of the time, it never makes sense. Most of the time, it's so freaking terrifying. God, why do we got to do it like this? Because who are, you, who, who are you trusting? Freedom has a price that's already been paid, but it also has a process. One of the hardest things to do is to transition through seasons well. Because really what I'm talking about is not just places, it's, it's seasons. Seasons where you wrestle, seasons where you work, seasons where you wait. And sometimes the most difficult season to do is, is, is when you've been in, in one season and it's time to move to another. When all I've known is, is the work. And, the, and, then, and then it's like, and now you want me to to wait this is why it can be difficult for people who are coming back from war after serving their country to reacclimate to just regular life because all they've known is work all they've known is war and they don't know how to rest but sometimes your resting season is the season that prepares you the most for the place that God is calling you I felt God speak this into my spirit this last week when you enter into a resting season sometimes you almost start to panic because now you have nothing. Here's what it is. You have nothing to be busy with. You had things to keep your mind busy and to keep your soul busy, but now you have nothing to be busy with. You were raising kids, so you never thought about yourself. You were building a career, so you never thought about you. It was one day to the next and stack your chips and hustle and work hard. But now you're in a season of, of waiting and you feel like your life is falling apart around you. God spoke to my spirit this last week and he says, you need to remember to let a seed do what a seed does. Sometimes you, there's times in life that you, your life is the seed and then there's other times that you're stewarding seed. What am I talking about? The Bible talks about constantly, it's like everything's likened to seed time harvest, seed time harvest. Some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. Okay, but, but seeds produce in their own time. For those of you that are in a resting season, where you've been doing the things that you know to do and you feel like the ground beneath your feet is just a little bit unsteady, I've come to tell you to let seed do what seed does. When you have put in the work, you can trust God to take care of the rest. Stay in a place of surrender. Stay in a place with your hand. Okay, God, I don't, you know what? I blew my trumpet and I lit my torch 
and I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to trust that you care about me more than I care about myself, that you separated the beginning from the end long before I was ever here, that my steps have already been ordered, that if you fashioned me in my mother's womb, then you are fashioning, you are fashioning every step that I will take. And there is no misstep. There is no accident. If you fought for the Israelites when they were worshiping other gods, then God, as I'm trying, as I'm trying to find your way, somehow, some way you're going to get me to it. Sometimes the hardest seasons are when you've been working so long and then it's time to wait. You know what else is really hard? When you've been waiting so long and God says it's time to work. <laughs> because really what I'm talking about, this process, these, these, these seasons, it's, it's, not, it's not linear, it's cyclical. Meaning you're going to find freedom in one area of your life and so begins your journey of freedom in another area of your life. You're, you're going you're gonna to wrestle through some things and then you're going to work through some things and then you're going to wait through some things. And you're going to say, oh, I got freedom there. I need to find freedom over here. So then it's going to lead me back to the wrestle, to the work, and to the wait. I'm here to tell some of you that you've been in a waiting season and God is calling you back into a working one. And there was something powerful about the waiting season because you got your strength back. There's something powerful about rest. There's seasons of rest that God will take you to where you think, man, I can't, I can't I'm going stir crazy. And God says, I got you where I want you because I'm instilling something in you that's going to make you stronger than you would have been if you would have, you would have just kept hustling. You would have just kept, you, you never, you would have never found what I needed you to find. You never would have found what I needed you to find. I think about my life, man. I think about things in my life that have been frustrating, that I, I felt I didn't deserve. And then I've, I've, what's been crazy is it's in those moments that I find things with God that I never would have found had I not been in this position. <laughs> and I don't think that God makes negative things happen to you. I think life does that. But, but I do think that God is so magnificent at taking seasons even that you don't understand and giving them purpose. And there's things that God is going to show you in the silence that you couldn't have heard if it was noisy. Somebody needs to hear this today. There's things that God is going to show you in this season now that you wouldn't have heard if you would have gotten what you wanted in the time that you wanted it. Because the ultimate quest that we're after, I think, I think that we all know that our way doesn't always turn out so well. I think we all are really looking for freedom. Freedom as a process. Where are you at in your process? I pray you never lose your ability to wrestle, to encounter the tough questions and to wrestle with them until you come to the end of you and realize that you need somebody who's bigger than you, who's been fighting for you when you weren't fighting for yourself. When you didn't deserve it, he was looking, he was watching, he was orchestrating your steps. When you thought it was over, he knew it was just a new beginning. I hope you never lose your passion to work. And I'm not talking about your hustle. I'm talking about trusting in the one who puts you here. Trusting in the God who has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could ask or think. And you could think of some pretty big things. I pray that you never lose your desire to wait and to trust when you don't understand. When it doesn't make sense. Why did my life turn out like this? We came with trumpets and torches. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. I believe for our church, 
really what I've come to say is it's a new season. It's a new season. And, and, and there's something about, and if you want to, you, you show up here to understand spirituality, the way spirituality and faith and trust in God works, things happen in an atmosphere long before you ever see them in your life. This is why people will say, you know, I declare this or I'm believing for this. When did it happen? When I saw it or when I declared it? It happened when I did. It shifted in the atmosphere before it ever shifted in my life. This is why you have to, the Bible says to call things that be not as though they were. I, I speak to my marriage and I command restoration just to feel just the wellspring of life as it pertains. I speak to, to my influence and I command, when did it happen? When the influence happened? No, when I spoke it, it changed. This is how spiritual dynamics work. I, I spoke it into existence and then it came into my life. And I've come to speak into your soul, into your spirit today that it's a new season, that it's a new day, it's a new day, it's a new season, it's a new season, it's a, it, it's a new day. And, and here's the reason I say that. And I want us to sing something and kind of just take a second and let God minister to our heart. But sometimes the hardest thing is transitioning seasons because you've learned to be comfortable in the one that you're in. What am I talking about? When it's winter and I get cold, I'm freezing, I'm cold, I hate this new season, so I start putting on clothes to keep myself warm. But when God takes me into summer, I no longer need the clothes that I needed in the winter. And if I wear the clothes that I wore in the winter, I will become miserable in the summer. What I'm saying for some of you, it's time to shed things that you needed in your last season because that season is over. For some of you, it's needed that you let go of some defense mechanisms and some belief systems and some coping mechanisms that help get you through that season because you're not in that season anymore. The seasons are changing. The seasons are changing. I dare you to believe it today. The seasons are changing. The seasons are changing as it pertains to your vocational life. The seasons are changing. You've been in a season of mourning, but joy comes. Joy comes. Joy comes. Joy comes in the morning. You have, you've been in a season of mourning, but joy has come as this new day begins, as this new day blossoms. The Bible says that joy comes in the morning. Who's been in a season of mourning where you've been wrestling because you don't understand? I dare you to grab onto that word that your season of mourning is over because it's a new morning and with the new morning comes fullness of joy fullness of joy to the person who's been struggling you've been in a wrestling season i'm here to tell you you've come to the end of yourself and it's time to step into a new season i believe when we walk out of this auditorium we're not walking back to our cars we're not walking out to the lobby we're not walking just to get our kids we're stepping into a new season when you stand up off of your off of you out of your out of your chair you're not just standing you're stepping into a new season i dare you to stand up on your feet right where you're at all over this place and when you stand i dare you just to move your feet a little bit and tell yours i'm stepping into a new season. I'm stepping into a new season. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay at the place that I was. I'm going to trust God that it's a new day. You're, tur you're turning a page. You're turning a page. You're turning a page. You're turning a page. I'm telling you, you better grab onto it. You better believe it. Would you do me a favor all across this room? If you're comfortable with it, would you take your hands and would you just lift them up in the air? Not as just religious rhetoric or routine or ritual, but as a sign of surrender unto God. God, my hands are in the air. My trust is not in myself, in my wisdom, God, in my welfare, in my worth. My trust is in you, in you alone. I will not work or hustle unto my own strength, but I will work my faith. I will work my faith. I will work my faith.
remember what I said. Freedom has a price, but it also has a process. Which means, hear me today, don't get excited and forget that you have a part to play. Because it's going to be easy to leave this room and go right back to your coping. This is what threw Gideon for a loop. I'm calling you into freedom. What? I know, I know, that's good, like I felt it, but back to reality. No! You're going to have to walk out the process of freedom. You're going to have to trust in something bigger than yourself. I love what this song says. This is how I fight my battles. Because when I feel like I'm surrounded by debt and poverty and lack, and when I feel like I'm surrounded by the old me, by my old reputation, by my lack of success, I realize I'm actually not surrounded by those things at all. I'm actually surrounded by His goodness and His mercy and His faithfulness and His favor and His empowerment. Can we lift our voices and dare to sing it in this place? When I feel like I'm surrounded by darkness, I'm actually enveloped in light. My God is for me. And if He is for me, who can be against me? Come on, I dare you to lift your voice. I dare you to make it more than just a moment. God, we trust It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Shed your winter clothes. It's a new season. Take off the things that you needed to get you here. It's not that time anymore. Trust him like you've never trusted him before. It's a new season. New season. With a new season comes new empowerment. Comes a new, a new sense of favor. A new sense of new sense of direction. When the seasons change, you see things just a little bit differently. You behave just a little bit differently. You walk just a little bit differently. The things that you do in your life and seasons are a little bit different. I'm here to tell you that your seasons changing. 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 Your see. I got to say it again and again and again, so it gets deep down within your soul. Because you're gonna walk out here, and people are gonna try you to tell you that you're just this. No, your seasons changing. It's a new, it's a it's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. Would you close your eyes with me, God? We choose to believe it. Come on, right now, between you and God, would you? This is how this is how it works. Would you latch onto it by faith, not by your fight? Not by going out and trying to get book smart so you can build, build your best life. No, we're going to build it by faith, trusting the one who put the moon and the stars in the sky. God, we trust you in this place. I declare it's a new season in your life. It's a new season in your marriage. It's a new season in your finances. It's a new season in your vocational life. It's a new season as it pertains to your confidence. So what got into you? It's, an, it's a new season. I'm, t- I'm telling some people are going to start telling you to seem like a different person. I'm in a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. I said, it's a new season. And it's a new day. Nah. Oh, fresh anointing. 
It's flowing my way. <laughs> it's a season of power and prosperity. And it's a new season coming to me. Come on, can you guys help me sing and lift our voice? Oh, and it's a new season. I tell you to lift your voice and declare it in this place. It's a new Oh, there's fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh anointing. It's not the old stuff. It's a new day. It's a brand new way. It's a new, brand new wave of His mercy and His power. and prosperity. Oh, yes, God is God. And it's a new season. Oh, come. Oh, oh, It's a new season. Something to step into you because I'm telling you, life's going to try to keep you in your old season if you don't push into your new one. I, 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 I'm not staying there. Mm, I'm not staying there. No, I'm not staying there. Oh, I'm going to walk in trust and love you. God, I'm not staying there. today. It's a new day. Fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh empowerment. Fresh anointing. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. It's coming, coming my way. It's a season of power. It's a season, season of power. Prosperity. Everything that you need to accomplish the task that God has called you to. It's a new season. And it's a new season. Coming to me. God, we trust you. Your best days are still ahead. You say that every week, and I'm going to keep saying it until you believe it. 
I'm going to keep telling you that freedom is yours until you actually shake yourself free. I'm going to tell you that you can build your best life until you start building your best life. I'm going to keep saying the same thing until you believe me. Your season's changing. God's working their fresh anoints. And I'm telling you, this is when things change. When, you're, when the seasons change, the dynamics change. There's something that is available to you in this season that wasn't available to you in the last season. <laughs> well, this, this is what the song, it's fresh anointing, fresh, fresh provision, fresh prosperity, because you, you need it now like you didn't need it then. That was a trust in season. That's who is your source season. But now it's time for you to walk into the place that God has promised you. I'm talking about a free life. I'm talking about glory to glory and faith to faith. I'm talking about restoration of reputation. I don't know who that's for this morning. I'm talking about restoration of reputation. You have a scarred record. You have a scarred past, but I'm telling you God's going to restore because that's what happens when a new season comes. Everything becomes new. Everything becomes new. Everything becomes new. It's a new season. Fresh anointing, fresh empowerment, fresh favor. God, this morning we choose to believe it. We choose to, by faith, grab onto that. That when we step out of this place, <laughs> we're stepping into a new season. And I need somebody to hear me. That every step with God, the Bible says this, you need to hear this. The steps of the righteous get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. So, so this next season is not a step into the shadows. It's a step even more so into the light. What, some of you that, well, my, that season was actually pretty good. For, I'm telling you, it gets better. For those of you who have been in a position, it seems like God's already been, well, he's getting ready to do things that are about to blow your mind to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that you can ask or think. I'm here to tell somebody to dream bigger. Ask bigger. Stretch further. Stop knocking on doors that make sense. Stop knocking. Start knocking on doors that take risk. Start going after it. Why? It's a new season. It's a new season. I've tried that before. Not in this season, you haven't. I've been trying to reconcile. Not in this season, you haven't. There's fresh anointing for this season. There's fresh empowerment for this season. It's new. It's new. It's new. Do you understand what new means? Do you understand what new means? You, 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 you ever bought like a used car? You buy a used car, there's remnants of whoever was, you ever have to rent a house that somebody already lived in and you're going to an apartment, you like find something, like, how did this get left here? I'm talking about remnants of the past. When it's, when it's new, there's no remnants of what used to be. I'm here to tell you today that old, what does that mean? Passed away, gone, 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 gone. Stop worrying about it. Stop being haunted by it. Stop allowing people in your life to remind you of the person that you once, you're a new, it is new. 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 It's new. Same year, new me, right? Same year, new me, because it's a new season. It's a new season. So God, today, we just once again, we thank you for the freedom that you have freely gifted us. God, let us not be like the elephant that has freedom but doesn't know it. Let us be people who is willing to walk through seasons 
seasons where we wrestle and seasons where we work and seasons where we wait, knowing that you are the one directing our steps. Your way is always better than my way. Across this room, maybe you're here today, and you haven't even started the season that matters most is when you start doing life with Jesus, with God. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to talk to you. I believe that if your heart is ready to place your faith in something bigger than yourself, secure your eternity in heaven, and enable this, this ability to walk in freedom on earth, that you're ready. And I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And we're a family today, so nobody's going to pray alone. With everybody in this building. Maybe for some of you, it's just, I find in my life, like I do this all the time. Sometimes it's just, I, re, I, I declare it with a fresh sense of like passion and meaning. Because I need to make sure that I trust Jesus today, just like I did when I first found him. I don't want to be the kind of person that was like, Jesus, thank you for, for dealing with my past. I got it from here. No, I need him as desperately today as I've ever needed him before. Would you pray this prayer out loud, everybody? Say this. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I believe that you lived for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you came back from the dead for me. Today I call you my savior. And I make you my Lord. Say this, say Jesus, help me to live the free life that you made me to live. Now, right where you're at, just one more time, let's sing. Sing, it's a new season, and it's a new day. Sing, fresh anointing is flowing. Come on, you need that as an anthem for your soul. That's why we're staying here. It's a season of power and prosperity. Sing, it's a new season. Come on, sing it again. Jamal, go ahead and lead it, lead it. Come on, sing. It's a new season. Come on, let that be imparted into your spirit. It's a new day. Yeah. Fresh anointing is flowing my I want you to mean every single word. I'm talking every single word. It's a new season. It's not the old one. It's a new day. You're scared it's going to be the same, but it's not. Fresh anointing. Nah. It's flowing
today. We expect it. God, and our hearts are full with joy by what you're doing and what you will continue to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.